Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The three widely accepted data ownership roles are data owners, data stewards, and data custodians. The data owners are the ones who have overall responsibility for the data and usually are C-level executives of an organization. The data stewards are the ones who report to data owners and are responsible for the day-to-day governance of the data. Last is the data custodians. The data custodians are the ones who actually store the data in end devices and are responsible for maintaining systems on which data is stored with a strategy for encryptions and backups of the data. Hello, welcome to the next episode of Get Certified Together program by Technocoff, your free online knowledge sharing community. Visit our website www.technocoff.com for more information. In this episode, we will be covering the next section of the CompTIA Security Plus certification exam. We are now reaching the end of this podcast series with the last two topics of the exam. It's been a short but exciting journey, and before commencing this series, I will be having another episode. In that episode, I will be sharing my experience of sitting in the exam. Let us finish the last topics now. Let me discuss security policies first. Security policies are written by security professionals to ensure everyone in the organization has a reference to follow. Security policies must be written in a generic language to keep them relevant for a longer period of time. These policies must include details of the standard that should be followed for various aspects like data encryption, supply chain audits, approval processes, etc. Additionally, policies may include optional guidelines like advisory on best security practices in the industry. Besides security policies, various security frameworks are used for different aspects of the security program. A few of them we will discuss now. First is Risk Management Framework. National Institute of Standard and Technology, or NIST, provides a predefined, solid risk management framework, which can be reused and referred to by any organization in its journey to cybersecurity. This framework mainly has seven stages. The first stage is input gathering. In input gathering, all existing system designs, architecture documents, organization's mission, vision, strategies, and goals are gathered for reference and consideration. The second stage is categorize. In categorizing, based on the information gathered, systems are assessed and categorized according to the risk they face. Once all systems and relevant docs are categorized, we need to select the security controls to be put in place for everything. The fourth stage is implementation, which involves the actual implementation of the security controls for all the systems. Even when security controls are implemented, we still might also need to conduct assessments. Hence in fifth stage, 
an evaluation of the implemented security controls is conducted, to determine any changes, or updates, in the plan, if required. We need to keep in mind though, that not all risks can be mitigated. If you recall, as we discussed in the last episode, there are few risks, which are accepted as unresolved. These residual risks, must be authorized as accepted, by relevant stakeholders. This authorization determines, whether all residual risks are authorized, to remain as unresolved, or, if further solutions to mitigate them, must be sought. Lastly, risk management is a never-ending cycle, and in the last stage, current controls are monitored, and if found insufficient, the cycle begins again from the input gathering phase, to improve the risk management. Let us move forward, and discuss a few commonly recognized, and, widely used security control frameworks, in the industry. One such control framework, COBIT, or, Control Objectives for IT. COBIT framework, helps organizations manage, information and technology systems holistically, to improve monitoring, performance, and, governance. ISO, or, International Organization for Standardization, created a few other control frameworks, for reference of the organization. ISO provides multiple standards, to cover an organization's different needs. ISO 27001, covers cybersecurity control objectives. ISO 27002, covers cybersecurity control implementation. ISO 27701, covers privacy controls. And, ISO 31000, covers risk management programs. The last pillar, for various frameworks discussed till now, is the framework for data security. The security of the data, stored on various end devices is essential for any organization. For the data security framework, the organization must follow written security policies, for both data storage, and, data disposal. Additional data protection is required, if stored information is either personally identifiable information, or, PII, like person's name, and social security number, or, protected health information, PHII, like a person's health records. Data must be classified, based on access rights, with tags like confidential, top secret, unclassified, and sensitive. Besides data classification, it's essential to clearly define, various data-related roles, and ownerships, in any organization. The three widely accepted, data ownership roles are, data owners, data stewards, and, data custodians. The data owners are the ones, who have overall responsibility for the data, and, usually are C-level executives, of an organization. The data stewards are the ones, who report to data owners, and, are responsible for, the day-to-day governance of the data. Last is, the data custodians. The data custodians are the ones, who actually store the data in end devices, and, are responsible for maintaining systems, on which data is stored, with a strategy for encryptions, and, backups of the data. Let us move to the next topic, which is also the last topic for this episode, and the whole series. I will be covering now, the risk associated with the supply chain, and, how to secure it. The reason why supply chain is vital, is because an organization cannot build, all the tools, hardware, and applications, in-house, hence they need to buy services, software, or physical infrastructure from one, or multiple, vendors or service providers. This may lead to security risks, in case the vendor selected to deliver a product, doesn't follow the same standard of security frameworks, and, privacy controls. These scenarios can be overcome, 
if the purchasing organization follows predefined, and, mutually agreed, supply chain policies. These policies must be applied, the moment vendor selection begins for any product, and is carried out, till delivery of the product. Let us discuss, the three stages of the supply chain policies implementation. In stage 1, selection, the vendor for a product is selected, after formally reviewing RFP, or, request for proposal. This stage also includes, evaluating both vendors, and, product security, based on the risk assessment. Post-selection, the product is onboarded, in the customer's environment, and, all acceptance tests are conducted, covering criteria like performance, security, availability, etc. The few formal documents, signed during this stage are, non-disclosure agreements, or, NDA, service level agreements, or, SLA, memorandum of understanding, or, MOU, and statement of work, or, SOW. In stage 2, post-onboarding, actual data, or user traffic, is transferred to the new application, and the customer continues to monitor performance, conduct security scans, and arrange for audits. This is important to note here, that data stored on the application, should remain under the ownership of the customer, and the vendor, has no right to reuse, or, repurpose that information. Audits must be conducted by a third-party auditor, to ensure that reports, are without any discrepancy. In Stage 3, offboarding, or termination of the contract, the customer is either migrating to a new vendor, or, stopping the use of the existing application. This stage completes, only when all the customer's data is cleaned by the vendor, and, design documents, architecture information, etc., are handed over to the customer. This brings us to end of the episode 13 of the Get Certified Together podcast from Technikoff on the CompTIA Security Plus exam. In episode 14, I will proceed to share my experience of taking the exam and what is next planned for our Get Certified Together series. Thanks for listening.